Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined this week yet again by best friend of the podcast, Derek from college. What's going on, Derek? Not much, man. Happy William Shatner's 90th birthday to you. Oh, I did not know. I was not aware. Yes, the original captain, Captain My Captain, Captain Kirk. He is 90 years old today, so we wish William Shatner a very wow. happy birthday. Um, what a what a treasure. Yeah, what a man. We must protect him at all costs. Absolutely. I will sacrifice <laughs> my body for him. Um, so w- besides <laughs> celebrating William Shatner, uh what what uh have you done this week? What you what would your week look like? It's been a good week, man. Okay. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of stuff coming. So First off, as we both shared, uh, we had a similar event happen this week where we both upgraded our televisions, did we not? Well, I had upgraded mine oh. a little while back, but yes. Oh, well, then I, I apologize. But we I, did uh, celebrate you uh, upgrading your television. Finally, 4K, 4K ready. And I'm telling you at this point, there's not a day that goes by that I – we got it on Thursday, and there hasn't been a single time I've watched TV since that I haven't just been like, this is nice. Thank this God we live in this time. <laughs> yeah, thank God I was finally able to afford the TV I've always wanted. Yep. Um, but yeah, so we got a, got a brand new TV on Thursday. Um, nice. I've been rocking the same television for about eight years. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was due for an upgrade. Um, so there was that. Uh, let's see what else. What else happened this week? Um, yeah. Uh, so... The other thing that was actually really kind of nice, a uh, f- uh, fan of the show, Curtis, mm-hmm. shout out to Curtis, mm-hmm. uh, he hit me up on Instagram and uh, asked me, because he said that he's not a comic book uh, comic book gentleman or a gentleman of the comic book medium, but mm-hmm. his five-year-old son is, and uh, he was asking me if there were any children's comics that I'd recommend. Uh, so I actually got to do a little bit of a research project this week, which was kind of nice, a little bit outside of my um, – a little forte, and uh, kind of help him find some uh, comics for his uh, five-year-old, for his son that's turning five next month. Right on. So, yeah, so thank you, Curtis, for letting for giving me a reason to go do that. He was very nice, by the way. He tried to back out, and he's like, no, it's okay. You don't have to do it. It's like, Curtis, trust me. <laughs> and listen to this, because we didn't talk about it. We just messaged quick on Instagram. I was trying to, like, it was a busy day, but I was trying to get it all in. It's like, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Like, and I'm happy to do it. It's comic book research. Come on. Like, I need to know what the, like, I also have friends that have, a, like, a bunch of friends that have kids that are up and coming around in that save age group. And I know I'm going to get that same question. So it's just nice mm-hmm. to have that information, you know, ready to go. So that was a very nice moment. Totally. Thank we you, know, uh, we know Curtis very well here at the podcast. He's a, he's a Didn't good. Didn't we accidentally make fun of him once before on an earlier episode? I don't know. Did we? I think we may have said something a little like blue collar as a joke and then immediately realized we messed up and then we backed <laughs> off real hardcore. We're like, no, no, no. He's not one of those people, though. <laughs> I hope not. Um, yeah, we love, we love Curtis. <laughs> if we did, Curtis, we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so there's that. And then, uh, yeah, last night I uh, we went out uh, – AJ and I went out for our first big like real nice dinner uh-huh. since, uh, since quarantine. Yeah, and uh, we went to Ember and Rye in San Diego. It's Richard Blaze's new uh, celebrity chef, Richard Blaze. Mm-hmm. His new uh, his new restaurant. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're in the area, highly recommend you check it out. And uh, what kind of food is it? Uh, so it's kind of like a playful take on a steakhouse. Okay. So instead now, of what like, do you I'm, mean on a playful take? Are, are the waiters like, dressed like clowns? <laughs> <laughs> yes, confetti cannons 
everywhere. It's annoying. They're in the toilet too, just FYI. It gets real weird. <laughs> you cut um, into your steak and, and chocolate pudding oozes out. <laughs> no. No. An eight-year-old Willy Wonka is not in charge of this. I hope I hope an eight-year-old Willy Wonka is in charge of it. It'd be great. Okay, now I say that now I want to see an eight-year-old Willy Wonka in charge of a restaurant. Like what that would be like. Good yeah. lord. It'd be like that episode where um that episode of Family Guy where yeah. um Stan gets a restaurant and he's like he's like, what is he he's like, it's a uh, it's a chicken soup filled ravioli ball. And it's like, what? <laughs> like that's an eight-year-old that's an eight-year-old Willy Wonka's dream restaurant right there. Um but no, it was really nice. The food was awesome. So playful basically means so Richard Blaze is known for um uh chemical gastronomy, right? So he uses a lot of like science with the way he cooks. Like there's part of the um the oysters that I had had these frozen pearls um, that were made out of um, – oh, geez. What was it? It was some sort of – it was like a cream and like a seaweed sauce, something like that. So it added like the sea, extra sea texture, like you know, flavor thing. Anyway, it's really good. Uh, everything they do is designed – so instead of like a regular steakhouse where you have your giant plate of red meat and then all your sides and stuff like that, and that's only supposed to be for you, uh, the way they do it at Ember and Rye is um, it's all kind of designed to be shared. Like you can certainly go and do it by yourself, but it's designed to be shared and more of like a, oh, let's all figure out like what you want, you know, mm-hmm. like what we all kind of want. Everybody orders. So what AJ and I did. We got a steak. We ordered some sides and some what they call accessories like uh, blue cheese butter, mm. which, bro, bro, <laughs> mm, so good. Um, but the funny thing about that is that the interesting and funny thing about going there is that not only – do we just like his food he's my celebrity chef food crush mm-hmm. and uh it also doesn't help that i look like him like mm. a lot i wonder so what we your therapist talk- would have to say about that <laughs> no it's actually true like it's <laughs> shocking like i look shockingly amount of like him and we ended up meeting him last night and the reason why we ended up meeting him was because he was in house but we were talking to the gm and mm-hmm. she was she was just doing table touches and checking and and seeing how everything was and i was you know we're chit-chatting and i forget how we got on the subject but i was like yeah i was like i also it's like it's kind of funny if i get my regular glasses on like the restaurant i used to work at like people would always tell me like i look like richard and she goes she goes well put them on let me see i put them on she's like holy you do you look a lot alike him and so she she was like well do you guys want to meet him we're like no i mean it's fine don't don't floss he's busy like he's doing his job right he's at work you know it's like how would you like to be bothered at work but she ended up bringing him over and he hung out with us for about five minutes and he's just a lovely lovely guy um couldn't have been nicer and uh i had to uh I texted you last night. I had to really resist the urge to just fanboy gush all over him because it would have been like, you know, the same thing. It's like, oh my God, you're Richard Weiss. So, um, but yeah, it was really, it's really nice dinner. It was really, it's actually just all, you know, independent of all of that. It was just nice to be able to go out to a nice dinner and not be afraid. Right. I think like things are open. Some places are open up a little too fast for me personally, but I think like the, you know, but like it was nice to be able to it was nice to be able to go to a restaurant, sit down, have a nice dinner, you know, and just kind of hang out. You know, something that you know we haven't been able to do as a society for a while. And it's kind of so we were talking with with uh, chef the chef Blaze last night. It's 
you know, he's like, it's just, he's like, it's nice to be able to be back in the kitchen. And he's, cause he's does, he's a, a contestant and a judge on guys grocery games. And he's like, it's going to be nice. He's like, TV works kicking back up again. He's like, it's gonna be nice to be, he's like the zoom stuff was fun to kind of take your mind off stuff. He's like, but there's only so yeah. much you can do in your own kitchen via right. zoom, you know, as opposed <laughs> to like being in person and like in the kitchen, like with people and the cameras and stuff like that. So it was, yeah. Yeah. So it's just going to be, it's going to be nice to kind of see restaurants open back up and kind of get back out in the world. I feel like a little bit. So totally. Well, yeah. 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 How about you? How was your week? Week was good. Um, uh, my girlfriend passed her, uh, final, licensing exam to be oh. a, a full-fledged psychologist oh and congratulations to her yes and we celebrated awesome. yeah we also celebrated by going celebrate? out for a meal where'd you um, guys go we went to uh gin gin korean barbecue house which Ooh. is in alhambra they uh yes it's really cool because they've um they have like an alleyway next to the restaurant and they've converted that into outdoor seating. So they put up like oh. a giant tent and put down like a, like turf, like grassy turf and stuff like that. And it's actually really nice in there. Cause there's like a, it's like a water fountain in the middle of it. And it's oh, cool. really cool. It's like, it's always so should have it... been like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So they didn't make it look like a, um, like an alley that's in a, um, like a nineties action film that's supposed to be in some sort of Asian town. Yeah. With there's just like fire escapes and pools of water. Fire everywhere. escapes and pools of water, you know, and just random Chinese lanterns all over the place, even yeah. though they're like everybody that they're fighting is Korean. Yeah. And there's steam coming up out of the ground for some reason. Lots of steam vents in 90s alleyways lots <laughs> yeah. of steam vents yeah so um yeah no that was cool i haven't had korean barbecue in like a year so that was oh, that was fantastic uh i was trying to think about when the last time i had korean barbecue was and oh it's been dude far too long it's uh korean barbecue there's a special place in my it's heart so for good. it yeah it was really good oh, so good um so yeah that was yeah that was that was a good a good, good time so yeah, you guys I, felt safe. You felt comfortable. Everything was good. Yeah, yeah. She she's fully vaccinated, which is good. Oh, good, good for her. Yeah, I got. I was luckily lucky enough to get the first round. I'll have yeah. my second round uh, in a couple weeks here. Yeah, us too. That's where we're at too. Nice. Yeah, man. It's um, a little peace of mind. It's kind of yes. nice to have a little bit of that back. You know. Yeah. Like especially, I was describing it to a regular the other day. It's nice to be able to have that, so I don't think if I walk out from behind the the bar to go help a customer pick some beers go oh my is this gonna be what kills me yeah, right like doing my job <laughs> well that did it <laughs> yeah and we're dead yeah but so yeah we'll it's it. it a good week man and uh <laughs> watched a ton of justice league <laughs> oh boy howdy um yeah so let me tell you what my day looked like yesterday sure woke up we FaceTimed with one of AJ's friends mm -hmm. who we're going to go be seeing in Atlanta here. Um, we're taking – yeah, we took a nice dinner and now we're like, ah, let's travel. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're, I mean, it'll be good. It'll be fine. I think airlines are really – my my my, uh, my Aunt Karen, who's a listener. Hi, Aunt Karen. Hello, she Aunt is Karen. A, uh, she's a flight attendant uh -huh. and uh, she's been telling me about some of the safety precautions and it's it's, it's a little bit better than what it was before yeah. um, earlier what, uh, this year. What, uh, uh, do you know what uh, airline she works for? Do you want to say? Uh, she works for Alaska. Alaska? Oh, okay, cool. I haven't flown Alaska in yeah. a while, but yeah, they're, they're great. Yeah, she does the um, she does the uh, San Diego or L.A. to uh, Hawaii leg a lot. Oh, cool. So yeah, I have so she's a, got a pretty choice gig. Yeah, I have a buddy who uh, um, 
is a flight attendant and works a similar not for Alaska, but does a similar flight Look, pattern. I'm just gonna break from what we normally talk about real quick about pop culture and like life and stuff. And just like if you're a flight attendant and you listen to this podcast, God bless you. Yeah. Like just God bless you. Like yeah. I work in customer service and I can't even like oh, handle yeah. dudes coming off a golf course. So like some belligerent person on a plane. Yeah. God that's, bless that's you. That's next all. level stress. Seriously, that's next level. Like that is that's a kick you out of the airlock situation for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to push back on not me not giving you a third little liquor bottle because you're toasted AF? Well, you're going out the door, dude. <laughs> Masks on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> pop down all the oxygen masks pop down from the deal. This is what happened. It's the it's the whole uh, Indiana Jones and the um oh. I almost called it Indiana Jones and Return of the Jedi. What is wrong? <laughs> That'd with be my a brain? crazy movie. <laughs> I, that would be. A, can we see that? Yeah. Um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where he's uh-huh. on the big Zeppelin and he knocks the Nazi out and shoves him out the window and looks yeah. at all the rest of the passengers. He goes, "No ticket." Like that's what I. That's the kind of flight attendant I would be. And see, I just, my mind so went to uh, my mind went to Stephen Lang in Avatar when uh, oh, he opens the heart. airlock, masks, <laughs> kicks the door open, just starts shooting at the yeah, uh huh, yeah. That's also my vibe as well. Yeah, you cross me in a pressurized small space. It's not going to end well for you, son. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So God bless you, flight attendants out there, especially those of you that have been working through the pandemic and everything like that. One hundred percent. Yeah, we appreciate you. We really appreciate you. Yes. Uh, heroes. Unsung heroes, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just whoo. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's we, we so so yesterday we started we talked, we did a little FaceTiming with uh, with uh, uh-huh. AJ's friend, and then uh, yeah, and then we watched Justice League. And yep. then I had about 30, 45 minutes to get ready, and then we bounced out and went to dinner. Okay. So yeah, it was a it's a weird day. I haven't watched a four-hour movie in a while. Oh man, it it is uh it, it it is every every bit of four hours. Did you watch it all straight through? Yes, yes. Were we you did. tired afterwards? Um, yes. <laughs> I was exhausted. Yes, it yeah, it is a yeah, it is a behemoth of a thing, and I was I was exhausted afterwards. It's so big. It's such a big movie. Like I posted the yesterday morning, like before we were going to record, like, you know, just being like getting ready to get prepped. I didn't. And I was like, for this big movie, I, un- that was an understatement. Who this movie was huge. <laughs> yep. Oh, busy. <laughs> okay. Uh, what were, so aside from it being gigantic and you being exhausted mm-hmm. afterwards, what, what are yep. your overall sort of thoughts about the movie as a whole? I had an absolute blast. Okay. I am so glad that this happened, and I am so glad that we got to see this in sort of this moment in in, in movie history. Because mm-hmm. the thing I was I was thinking is, it's you know the reason why this is important, and I was describing it to AJ yesterday about why it's important. She knew mm-hmm. it was important, but she wasn't sure why. And I explained sort of the circumstances behind it, and sort of the box office flop that the uh, the first one was the Justice League was. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I've seen it called all sorts of stuff, Justice League, Injustice League, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, the thing that I was I was telling AJ is that like the reason why this is important, like we never get to see this sort of thing happen, mm-hmm. right? Like you never have a moment or a project where a director drops out for personal reasons or creative differences or whatever, and then gets to, you know, granted Zack Snyder's situation is a little bit different, but for family personal reasons, but um, he, you know, we we never 
this is not a movie that should exist essentially with the way that like right. Hollywood goes about doing movies is that, you know, we, this, it's important because whether this is, and I told her before we started watching, like, whether this is good or bad, this is important and needs to be seen because this could change the way that movies potentially are done. If they are these giant tent poles that end up flopping at the box office, you know, um, whether via pan by critics or, you know, monetarily. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it a lot. And I was glad that we were able to sort of, I'm glad that we were able to see Zack Snyder put a tie a bow around his, his vision. Um, because if we just left it, the DCU, if we just left it the way that it was, mm -hmm. I don't know if they would have been able to viably make another justice league movie, even if they rebooted it. Mm -hmm. because of this the bad taste that was left in everybody's mouth and how terrible the first one was and the other thing that's great about this one it's an actual movie with character arcs and story plots and not just <laughs> weird vignettes tied together with strange music although there is a bit of that <laughs> oh, there's we'll get to it there's definitely there's a, a bit, bit of that, that. <laughs> wouldn't be a Zack Snyder movie without a little bit of weird music and if you weren't prepared for that go back and watch Watchmen yeah, or another any or any Zack hour, Snyder movie, really. Yeah, another four-hour superhero movie with weird music. Yeah, that also leaves you with a way. Not this one, but like leaves you with a with a just a general feeling of I don't know what to do with my life now. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh yeah. I, so, How about you? Yeah, I um I enjoyed watching this. I was very excited going in um just to see another oh, big superhero AF. movie again um i was very excited to see what Zack snyder did uh -huh. um yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed watching it um i was oh man so for like the first 20 minutes i'm like all right i'm gonna take notes and i'm gonna like have all these thoughts and things like that but <laughs> i really kind of just i wrote like two things down and then i was just like man I, I should just really just try to get wrapped up in this. And I, so I decided to actually just put my phone away and just be Smart. sort of enveloped in it. And just to see, because I'd seen the justice, the Josh, the justice league, I had seen, you know, um, sort of where this movie was going in terms of like the, the, the advertising and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to take it all in without, because I knew if I was going to be writing notes, I was going to like be constantly comparing it to the original or trying to do that. Uh, and so I just wanted to be kind of caught up in it. I'm glad I did that because I think I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, uh -huh. I, I sort of took it in. <laughs> so this movie to me functions more like um, it almost feels like a four hour like reel like a like a four hour sizzle reel or like a four hour like um pitch reel for like these for a characters. Thirteen hour film franchise. <laughs> yeah, like it, it yeah. seems like it, it Yeah, it does. Well, yeah, the way it comes across is like it's less of a like movie in terms of like this is the story from start to finish finish. And it's more of like it's more it's it's almost as if Warner Brothers and I'm pretty sure this is how this probably happened when it came to the Zack Snyder cut. Because um, I think, you know, Zack Snyder cut is a misnomer because like only a like a fraction of the original material is even in this movie. Um, all, all, most of this is just is new stuff. Yeah. So um, or unused stuff that got left on the cutting. Room right. Floor, which why now that I've watched it, I'm like, <laughs> why? Did, why? Yeah. 
This movie is more so like Warner Brothers was like, okay, Zack Snyder, here's a hundred million dollars. If if you could tell a Justice League story, what characters would you use and why? And that's yeah. what I feel like he went out and shot. So it's, yeah, it, it reads it, like a it reads like a multi million dollar proof of concept. Right, right. It because mm-hmm. it, it is not ultimately to me, it's not a, a it's not the most satisfying story. Because no. I think ultimately, like, <laughs> although they spend a lot of time telling us about how these villains are going to bring the end of the world, it never really feel the the stakes that are established are never they never really feel as big as they're telling us it is. Yeah, um, and I think that's because we're spending so much time seeing everything else happening in the world that like uh, every. The, what what each character has going on in their own world seems way more important than whatever the villains are doing. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, like, and, oh, yeah. God. And so, like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be frank. This uh-huh. movie was not a runaway hit for me. Oh no, 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 not at all. Like yeah. it's not a it's not an amazing movie. Yeah, I was just glad to see it. Of course, me too. Yeah, and I hate and I and I liked it a lot more because just because it was a little bit more competent than than the one that we got in 2017. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. I I was just saying all that to to provide a little bit of context to my opinion of it. What Uh. we did get, though, basically, uh, like, me being able to watch it for what it was with that in mind is Zack Snyder basically telling the audience, here's what I would have done with these characters, you know, if given the opportunity to have a bunch of different movies to do. Looking at it through that lens, I was really stunned. I was kind of floored by... Just all the characterizations, like the characters being brought to life, the sequences that he was able to come up with for these characters to kind of shine and have their moments and stuff like that. All of that was just fantastic. Um, and I, yeah, I just really, I, I think I enjoyed watching it uh, a lot, actually. Um, but yeah. Oh, it was so much fun to watch. Yes, yes, it was. So much fun to watch. I think it's it's a complicated movie because I do have my qualms with it. You mm-hmm. know, I've got my problems. But I will say at the end of the day, I had a good time watching it. I'm glad mm-hmm. I watched it. And I liked it better than the 2017. 100%. <laughs> Those would be my three bullet point, like, rondelle. Like, if somebody asked me, no spoilers, Justice League, Just- Snyder Cut, what did you think? Those are the three things I would say. And I think I would add a fourth and say that if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it yet, A, you should just know there's going to be spoilers. And B, <laughs> um, if you haven't seen it, I would encourage you. And if you're on the fence about it, I would encourage you to go out and watch it. You yeah. don't have to sit down and do this four part in the four hour straight thing, but watch it. Definitely at least give it a shot. For sure. Because, like I said earlier, it deserves to be seen because mm-hmm. of what it is and how long it's taken to get it to this place to be released. And the fact that they paid him to go back and do reshoot, reshoots and, and new shoots and all that kind of stuff that I'm like, you need to see it. If you're a comic book movie fan, especially if you're a DC fan, even if you're a Zack Snyder fan, like, you know, or Ben Affleck or whoever, like you Mm -hmm. need to see it because it's it does more for the characters than what we got in 2017. And for that, I am extremely grateful. It does them a little bit more, a little bit more justice. Yeah. (laughs) Pun intended. Uh, 100 (laughs) percent intended. I telegraphed that a mile away. Um, all right. Let's go through it. Uh, We got a lot of movie here. Let's let's try to go through this. All right. Um, all right. Thousands of years ago, Darkseid and his no. L- 
You say it right. <laughs> thousands of years ago. Yeah, thousands of years ago. There we go. Darkseid and his legions of parademons attempted to conquer Earth using the Mother Boxes. The attempt was failed by, oh, excuse me, it was foiled by a unified alliance of the Olympian gods, Amazons, Atlanteans, humans, and a Green Lantern. After the battle, the Mother Boxes were separated and hidden in different location, uh, hidden in different locations. Um, in the present, Superman's death triggers the Mother Boxes reactivation, attracting Steppenwolf, one of Darkseid's servants, to Earth. Steppenwolf, who has fallen out of favor with Darkseid, aims to regain it by gathering the boxes to form the Unity, which would terraform Earth in the likeness of the world apocalypse. Um, all right, so this opening, um, this uh, opening, you know saga you know big huge uh overture into this movie how did you feel about this the sort of the opening sort of recounting of the history of it and um and how this serves as a motivation for the villains and the mother boxes and all of that this whole opening sequence what'd you think it was good but like everything else in this movie and this is gonna be my constant complaint it felt bloated yeah there was too much yes too much. This movie was, and when I use the term big, this movie was too big. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody complains, compares the MCU and the DCU together, mm-hmm. and, or the DCEU, if you want to get, you know, accurate. And while I kind of go, both of those things are two different franchises from two different studios, I think right. there's a lot to be compared for. I mean, especially because MCU has been doing it better for longer. Mm-hmm. DCU's been doing it longer. MCU's been doing it better for longer. Yeah, and I think that I think that my problem and my overarching complaint about this entire movie is that, unlike that moment in Endgame, where Cap picks up the the and if you if you listen to this podcast and you haven't seen Endgame yet, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil it. <laughs> when Cap picks up the shield and Thor's hammer and he's like standing up against like all of Thanos's army and you have mm-hmm. that like whoa, the stakes have never been higher. Mm-hmm. Like it earned it over a decade of movies and storytelling. Mm-hmm. This Justice League is it doesn't earn the moments. It mm-hmm. has moments. And it does have the moments, and those moments are genuinely good, and I enjoyed them. But I don't think it does anything to really earn a lot of what's in this movie, mm-hmm. you know. Um, starting starting with the big sequence, like you know, if it were up to me, you don't start with a big sequence to go. Here's the deal: you unfold that sequence over the course of the movie. You know, you start with trying to find the other Justice League members. And then I just think it did different for a restructure. I mean, I understand why you want to do that big sequence up in the front, you know, to get it out of the way and be like, okay, we're all on the same page now. Mm-hmm. Great. Let's go. But I feel like, I don't know. I just didn't like, it was fine, but again, it felt bloated and it felt kind of check this out. Isn't this cool? And it's like, I mean, yeah, but also, we got four more hours of movie. Why are we spending so much time in this? You yeah. Know? So. Yeah. I, I think um, so. Yeah. I didn't have as, as much of a problem with sort of the sequencing of it. Like I, I didn't mind that the sequence is in the beginning. Okay. Um, so my, my issue with um, a lot of the, the new stuff that Zack Snyder put in is that a, a lot of it tends to replace 
um, information that I think we still need as an audience that the movie just assumes we know now. Mm. Like, <laughs> the mother boxes and what they do and why they're important is still, even after watching four hours worth of a movie, is still, oh, still kind of muddy to me. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what they do. Now, again, I am not super familiar with with DC right, and its right, right. pantheon of stuff is like I am with Marvel, mm-hmm. Batman being the exception. And even then I'm not like even close to being like where I'm at with like Iron Man and the Avengers. But, right. uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I can honestly say without a doubt, I've watched four hours and I still don't know what the mother boxes are or what they do or why we should be afraid of them. Yeah. I'm looking up some information. Like I know they're matter rearrangers. Yeah. Like the Omega 10 from galaxy quest. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I just kind of, you know, they just go, oh, it's it's science that looks like magic. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what else do they do? Oh, they combine. Okay. And then they rearrange. Then they just retool. Essentially terraform the planet into what Darkseid wants it to be. Nice. Yeah. I feel like you could have just had a bomb. Yeah. Uh, or like the terraformer from Man of Steel. Right. The world engine. Uh, the world engine, Yes. Uh, okay, so um, created by Apocalyptic scientist Hyman using the mysterious element X, they are generally thought to be sentient, miniaturized, portable supercomputers. Although their true nation, the true nature and origins are unknown, they possess wondrous powers and abilities not understood even by their users, the gods of New Genesis. These range from teleportation; they can summon boom tubes, which is the 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 way. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Steppenwolf is getting around yeah. um, to energy manipulation and mother boxes have even been seen healing the injured, including dark side himself after he was beaten by doomsday. Um, yeah. So they're kind of just a, uh, um, <laughs> kind of like a, uh, they're just magic boxes that kind of do. They're a MacGuffin. Whatever. Yeah. Um, they just do whatever, which is fine. Yeah. Okay. But don't spend a lot of time trying to explain to me what they are and then like have it still not explain what they are. Yeah, I, I, I would have loved a line in the movie that, you know, that just says that, you know. Great. Then you know what we need to do? We got to ex- – okay, everybody. Let's get back on the Twitters, back on the social medias. We got to get Justice League Snyder Cut number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another $30 million for reshoots and let's just do it again. Yep. <laughs> Except this time the runtime is going to be eight hours. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> Uh, I did like the sequence. Uh, I, I, if you're you're bringing in Zack Snyder, this is what you're bringing him in to do to have all 100%. you know to have this big CGI sequence where Earth is being defended by you know heroes of old. I love the inclusion of Zeus and and the you know the Olympian gods and stuff like that. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I like that there was a Green Lantern and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, I think I think that sequence was really cool. I think what it did do is established dark side and his forces as like nothing to sneeze at like they're very 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 formidable and i think throughout this movie they do a good job of establishing the villains as threatening and dangerous and powerful yeah i liked uh what did you think about steppenwolf's new character design i i thought it was great um it kind of reminded me of like the uh the incinerator guy from thor i i thought that exact same thing i liked it though some similar vibes it was funny so AJ watched this with me, and uh-huh. I'll have some interjections from her that I put in my notes because they're just funny. Mm-hmm. Like watching a movie with somebody that doesn't really know 
yeah. like all the DC stuff. I mean, I don't really know it either, but watching it with her. Um, but she, I showed her a, the character model of what Stefan Wolf looked like before. And she was like something along the lines of like, well, if that's the decision they were making for one of their character designs. Then I, I no wonder the rest of the movie was bad. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like yep he just looks stupid in the old one this one i'm like okay i would actually be like threatened mm-hmm. by this if i was a dc superhero yeah no i think so. i think he looked great i think dark side looked great um the parademons are are scary looking dark side looked menacing as hell yeah i yeah. like that he wears less armor than steven wolf <laughs> yes uh i thought that's an interesting choice he's like i don't I like need yeah, I like that as like an indicator of your power level, where it's right. like the less armor you wear, the more dangerous you are. It's like, oh, that's this guy's naked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get off the planet. Yeah, <laughs> everyone run. Everyone run to a different solar system. It's not going to help. I know, but like at least I can try. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Get in the ships, kids. So yeah, I um yeah, I thought the opening sequence was good. Um, let's uh let's continue. Um. Uh, Steppenwolf retrieves a mother box from Themyscira, um, prompting Queen uh, Hippolyta to warn her daughter, Diana Prince, who informs Bruce Wayne. Wayne Real quick. Yep. On that ancient thing. Yeah. So here's what I love about it. Mm -hmm. We've got three mother boxes. Yes. The Atlanteans build, build a giant citadel. Oh, yeah. Water. Yeah. Uh Uh, To surround it with guards. With, with guns and other stuff and swear their entire society to secrecy, either like death or secrecy. Those are your options, right? About right. the mother box. The, uh, the Amazons mm-hmm. build an entire, an entire self-destructing fortress on the cliff, cliff face of the ocean to if you knock pylons out, the whole thing goes tumbling down into the water, right? Right. And then the humans bury it three feet in the in the dirt, <laughs> like a very shallow hole. <laughs> Not even as deep as we bury our dead. <laughs> yeah, they just like they got to. It's hard. All right, we'll leave it there, and then we'll go have lunch. It's like what? <laughs> yeah. Like no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty hilarious. Um, like, did the Amazons or the Atlanteans not come back? Like, you're gonna want to do something better, right? Like, this is what you came up with? You buried it in the dirt. No wonder you lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is that is pretty funny. Actually, it'd be like the, the comeback would be like, no wonder we don't want to hang out with you anymore. We're going to go in the ocean, and these ladies are just going to go live on an island that you can't find. Like, screw you guys. Three feet in the dirt? Oh, so we're doing the heavy lifting. Awesome. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, Wayne and Prince seek to form a team of metahumans to protect Earth in Superman's absence. Wayne locates Arthur Curry uh, and Barry Allen, uh, while Prince locates Victor Stone. Allen joins instantly because he needs friends, while Curry and Stone refuse. However, Stone joins yep. after his father Silas and several other Star Labs employees were kidnapped by Parademons seeking the human's mother box. Steppenwolf attacks uh, an Atlantean outpost to retrieve their mother box, forcing Curry into action. All right, what did you think about this sort of uh, group of scenes or sequences sure. of re- recruiting the team? We saw, you know, we get the Barry Allen sequences, huh? all that, that was kind the of best stuff. one. Yep. So what you Barry think? Barry Allen's intro in this movie was the best. Yeah. 
Um, I think he's honestly, he's probably my favorite character in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Like he's just, he's great. Um, he had all the good, he had really good lines. He had really good character motivation. Like mm-hmm. Jason Momoa's Aquaman is just there to look hot, say cool lines, drink, and generally look like Kid Rock if Kid Rock was a superhero. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which isn't a dig on Jason Momoa's style. I just couldn't help not, I just couldn't not see it. Yeah. Um, at certain points. But like Aquaman at least has cool lines and he's like, ah, I'm tough. And you're like, all right, cool. Right. Uh, Barry Allen, he was good. He was funny. I liked him. I think he's the character that kind of held it together, honestly. Uh, ben Affleck is just a good Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. He does. He's almost a better Bruce Wayne than he is Batman, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. Like, I like him better outside of the suit than I'd like yes. him in the suit. And I also think that because honestly, like with some time away from it, I kind of am maybe switching some of my opinions. I think his Batman suit looks really stupid. Yeah, like it's the cowl. The ears don't quite work. Yeah, like it doesn't. You know, I don't know. It's just it's not my and it's favorite. Not that I'm, yeah, and it's not that I'm going to sit there and be like, you know, any other anybody else's suit is better, but it just it doesn't quite it doesn't quite work for me. And when like, standing next to like, um, I think specifically it doesn't. It looks silly when you stand it next to, um, Cyborg and mm-hmm. Barry Allen, who's specifically Barry Allen, whose suit is see it looks just from a visual standpoint much more high tech and protective than Batman's yeah. suit does. Yep. And Batman is supposed to be the tech genius. Yeah. He's <laughs> got this like armored suit at the end. I'm like, why weren't you wearing that the entire time? Yeah. Like, you clearly have the same flexibility and speed. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's like, yeah, I, I get, you know, they wanted to do a little bit more of like the classic sort of Batman thing where it looks more cloth than it does like sort of armored or sort of you know plastic or whatever but i just think like the the more modular sort of plasticky look looks more tactical and looks more effective than in this world than the suit batman has on so it kind of just looks like why is this guy out here wearing pajamas (laughs) yeah yeah well you wore your batman pajamas to fight crime okay (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah i i also liked the Barry Allen sequence, I thought the, you know, him saving the girl from the car accident was like a really cool use of his powers. Right. Um, I think I think the easiest thing for me to do would be to break it down based on character, how I think each character was portrayed in this movie overall. Sure. Because sure. Um, that'll just – that'll cut a lot of stuff out from hopping around because it changed – you know. Okay, so Aquaman – the best thing about Aquaman is that AJ at one point when in the big fight, she goes, so what is Aquaman's purpose in, um, in this movie? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's an excellent question because it seems to be he just utters cool one-liners. He's brooding and mean, hates his people, and then all of a sudden he gets the armor and the trident at the end. He's like, sup, fellas? Right. Like, I'm cool now. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Barry Allen was great. Barely out. Barry Allen was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. He – I liked his – I just, Ezra Miller did a great job. Um, he brought a lot of fun, a lot of much-needed levity to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Affleck, he's Batman. We've seen him before, Batman versus Superman. He was fine. Um, mm-hmm. We just we discussed he's better Bruce Wayne than he is a Batman. Um, Wonder Woman's intro, though, was way better this time. And mm-hmm. it made me realize why 84 sucked so bad. Mm-hmm. It's because she didn't have any powers in 84. Mm-hmm. She, like, walked around in cute outfits and then, like, used her lasso a bunch and then maybe flew at some point. 
and then the movie was over. <laughs> yeah. And in this one, and in this one, we virtually watch her vaporize a dude with her gauntlets. Right. Like that dude in that sequence, the only thing I could keep thinking, it's kind of like what we're talking about when we every time we talk about Captain America, like the event, those guys are all dead. Yeah. Like she murdered terrorists in front of a group of people, a group of school children, mm-hmm. and then was like, take my hand, trust me. I would have been like, no, oh, bitch, you're covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> like you just murdered these guys. Like, granted, they were bad dudes that were trying to blow us up, but like, dang, you went overkill on them. Like you totally turned that one guy into smoke. Yes. That's not okay. Yep. <laughs> His hat floated down. That's the internet after an explosion. That's the international movie symbol of that guy is now dust. Yep. Um, um, but I loved her intro. Yeah. I think that she had some stuff. Uh, she had some really good. She had some really good pull. I think there was a weird thing through this one where it was like with her and Bruce Wayne, like a will they, won't they kind of thing. Which I was like, mm-hmm. I don't really know if I need that. There's so much else that we should be devoting our time to in this right. movie. I don't really know if I need that between the two of them. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it was great. Uh, Steppenwolf was actually a little bit more of an emotionally anchored character in this cut than I was prepared for. And I really, I really enjoyed a villain that was, wasn't just evil. Cause he was evil. Like dark side's evil. Cause he just is, but like Steppenwolf is, he's trying, it's like, he's the, it's like, he's the, uh, the rejected son trying to earn his good, like way back into the good graces of his dad. Like it was very, there was an emotional pull to it that I thought was kind of nice to be anchored, you know, mm-hmm. a nice anchor for the character. Um, I just want to see more of Jeremy Irons as Alfred. <laughs> Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, he was great. He was great. Uh, yeah. So as far as the main characters go, yeah. All right. Nice. Kind of where I'm at. Cool. Um, How about you? Yeah. No, I, I, I like the way all the characters um, were realized in this. Um, yeah, I think Zack Snyder gets um, – he gets – what he gets right with uh, the way he depicts these characters – is uh, I think how powerful they are. Like he makes them feel very powerful, um, in a in a way that I think works, and and they should be in order for this kind of movie to work. And I think that that was a lot of a lot of what um, made Wonder Woman eighty four not really work for me was like it, it it really didn't do a good job of establishing like how powerful a hero Wonder Woman is. Um, I was going to bring that up later when we're talking about the resurrection scene mm-hmm. and how effective that was at communicating the power that all of them have. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it was, yeah. it was, it was really good. Just seeing them in their own different sequences. Like I think it really established well, like how serious and how powerful these heroes are. And I thought that was like really good. Um, yeah. yeah. I thought that was, yeah, it was great. Um, yeah. I think all the characters are, are, are portrayed well. Um, uh, yeah, I think I I think Zack Snyder alone should be <laughs> applauded for just even making the character of Aquaman as um, effective as I think that he does in terms yeah. of the characterization. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he Aquaman is is like like the most of these other heroes, like he is an otherworldly being that is strong and and all those things, and it feels. Um, he feels more powerful than like Batman. And, and I think that's, that's important um, for this telling of justice league to like, mm-hmm. um, cause really like, like we are 
the audience surrogate in this movie is Batman in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, because he's the only one without superpowers and he's the, you know, experiencing a lot of these people for the first time. So I think it, it does a good job of like making all these people feel like a little bit otherworldly. I thought that was really cool. I thought that it was very effective as well. Um, now, my only character issue that I had is that Cyborg was my least favorite character in the entire movie. Mm. Um, I just don't like Ray Fisher's portrayal of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's – I was talking with a friend, another listener to the podcast, our buddy Rex. Mm-hmm. Um, Rex and I were talking about how if you're going to do Cyborg, I feel like the guy that does that plays Cyborg in Doom Patrol mm-hmm. I think does a better job. Mm-hmm. I think he just does. I mean, it's a different job, but I think he does a better job. I, there was too much oscillating back and forth between the moodiness and like Cyborg didn't really have good lines, mm-hmm. really. Like I know he was supposed to be more of like a, and he was. I, it was nice to see his role expanded, for sure, mm-hmm. because in the set 2017 cut, he's like barely in it at all, and it's almost right. to the point where, why is this guy here? Right. Yeah. Like at least Aquaman's like shirtless with a bottle of whiskey with some really cool photography walking through like an old village full of creepy singing fisher women, like, well, a weird <laughs> song, but weird, like cover of a song plays in the background. Right. Yeah. Like it's a mood, it's a mood moment, but like in the first one, you know, Ray Fisher just didn't really feel like he belonged there. And, and this one, I felt like he belonged there, but I don't feel like his part needed to be as big as it, as it, as it was, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure that was leading down the road to like what Snyder was hoping to build, mm-hmm. you know, like the big sequel that would have come after justice league but i just i don't know there was that moment where they're all getting suited like get dressed and he goes i'm always dressed and he takes off his hoodie i'm like okay (laughs) that's a that's a line that somebody at the end of a very long writing session was like nailed it (laughs) that's cool because their brains just slush and they're tired and we're like done for the day and i'm like "Mm, you might want to you want to read retake a look at that one again right um it just didn't feel very I don't know. He felt kind of shoehorned in at periods. Yeah, I feel like I, I would agree with that. I feel like the 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 actor is being asked to do a lot with not very yes. much. And exactly. And I'm not saying that what happened is Ray Fisher's like deal. I think that yeah. it was somebody else. He was doing the best he could with the stuff that he had, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I think that 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 character is, I feel, the least successful in the way that it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's trying to be used. The way that the movie is trying to use that character, um, it's it's unfortunate because that character um, should have the best arc in the movie, but I I feel like because the way that the the cyborg arc is established is very um, on the nose and doesn't really feel earned because we don't spend a lot of time with cyborg experiencing any other emotion besides the horror and anger at being a robot. And so it almost just feels very one dimensional until Mm -hmm. it's not anymore. And that yeah, doesn't, it you like know what I mean? jarringly becomes not one dimensional after a while. And I'm like, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's kind of the way that, and this is just part of like Snyder's style mm-hmm. is that sometimes the big moments, big sweeping moments, like they execute without, like we talk about, without earning it properly, you know? Yeah. And I feel like Cyborg would have been better served to have his own movie or at least like an HBO Max TV show. Yeah. I, I kind of yes. get the Ray Fisher Cyborg sort of vibe in 
and then put him in Justice League and then have this stuff happen in Justice Justice League. So we go, oh, okay, I get it. Right. Um, yeah, I think a cyborg movie or like um, a TV show or even even like if I, w- I would have even preferred the the cyborg especially in the Snyder cut like the cyborg story could have been its own like section mm-hmm. to where you really see yeah. this play out for 30 to 40 minutes and we really get an eye because I mean we're already in here for four, for four hours um yeah. lose some of the ancient <laughs> battle an scenes 30 minutes at <laughs> yeah. four a four hour runtime yeah. you could cut out some of those ancient battle scenes and and give mm-hmm. those scenes to cyborg so we spend some time with him and really see his character go from being a a person like a real person with layers to being just a tormented you know person who doesn't like who he is now um and who's mad at his father for doing it to him uh we just kind of start there and we don't ever really get to um humanize this character at all you know what i mean i think it's one of those things too that it's a shame like you're talking about i feel like cyborg's story should have been condensed into one vignette or one section of the movie yeah because bouncing around we're already left with a character that we that the audience kind of doesn't understand and already kind of doesn't like. Yeah, because it's like you're just kind of an ass. Yeah, he's like, there to like take the fun out of everything. <laughs> yeah, every time he showed up on screen, I was like, I literally felt like, oh, cool, fun's gone. Yeah, just got sucked out of the room. Like, and it doesn't matter if Barry's like walking around eating food, like making like cracking jokes. It's just like as long as Cyborg's in the movie or on screen in the movie, it's not fun. Yeah, it's not a fun character. Like Batman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, hell, even Steppenwolf is fun to watch. Like run around, do his thing. But like the minute, and I don't know what it is. I'd have to rewatch it. But the minute Cyborg gets on screen, it's there's immediately this this feeling of like, well, now Mister Serious is here. No more (laughs) jokes. Yeah, you know, (laughs) so which is kind of a bummer. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. His character, I feel like, could have been more effective if he, like we're saying, like if he'd been exhibited in like a separate project. Because um, mm-hmm. we don't need to spend, I mean, truthfully, we don't need to spend that much time with him. Right. Right. Like you could literally do like like Aquaman. We barely go into it. It's like he hates his family. He's half human, half Atlantean. He's got long hair. He's got nice abs. They can talk underwater, but only in air bubbles. And uh, yeah, he says badass lines and then like surfs up when he like, you know, rides a parademon <laughs> through the sky down through a fight, which is like, cool. You know? Yeah. Like we don't need much. Like we, you cyborg, he'd be like, he was injured in an accident. His dad used a mother box, put him in. Now he's a robot man and he's pissed about it. Like, great. Yeah. That's <laughs> all we needed. Yeah. So this next section is, uh, is, probably where it is the most uh sort of joss whedon cut footage we see it's the whole sequence yes. where the resurrection of superman in the black suit um eventually yeah but, um, baby yeah the resurrection of superman the the sort of the attack um where he attacks the group when he still has amnesia um which is it watching it the second time mm-hmm. i still felt the absolute terror that oh, you should yeah. feel with an amnesiac Superman. Yeah. But he has all of his powers and he knows how to use it all. Yeah. But he doesn't remember who he is or if he likes you. Like just watching that whole sequence, I was like, oh God, I would be so. If I was that random cop, my pants would be just full 
Yeah. Just full of brown stuff. I wouldn't even be able to I just like, ah, I just collapse on the ground in one spot like a bear where you're just like, if I play dead, maybe Superman will leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. But then he sees that your heart's beating because he's got x-ray vision and he can hear your heart beating and then he just kicks you into the mm-hmm. next dimension. Um, but yeah, that sequence was, I liked that more of the, more of Barry and Cyborg's reasons to be there were kind of revealed. You say, say that again? I think that it was nice to kind of see Barry and Cyborg's, like the reasons why they were there. Yeah. Was kind of revealed more in that scene, mm-hmm. which was nice. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like that scene too, when you talk about the resurrection, when Superman wakes up, that's a perfect example of Snyder really understanding how to convey the power that each of these characters has and right. to show you, yeah, so Wonder Woman can clank her gauntlets and um, it'll vaporize a regular human being. But um, Superman's faster and stronger and smarter than all of them. <laughs> and like yep. like Aquaman can like kick you into like over a tall building and Barry can outrun you. But that, that moment where he's got Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Barry tries to get around behind him and he's staring and all of a sudden you see his eyes just go flip like right and look right at him you're just like oh god (laughs) yeah um let me ask you this um it within this sequence there is a a moment where um lois lane is is talked to by martha kent and basically basically given the speech about you know um basically go to superman and you know blah 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 blah, and gives her the motivation she needs to like finally like let go of superman dying like uh and and kind of move on with life um come on girl get back out there yeah and Um, then that is revealed that it is martian manhunter that wonderful scene with all the good feels that i was like oh this is such a nice character moment completely undercut by the fact that it was martian manhunter which don't get me wrong i feel it's a great way to intro martian manhunter to be Mm -hmm. like oh also he's here because i was like oh Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like also at the same time, I was kind of sad that it wasn't like a connection moment for like Martha Kent and Lois Lane. Because right. I was having a good time in that moment where I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. they're doing such a good job. This is so sweet. And it's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I thought that was a cool uh, a cool thing to have Martian Manhunter Man in this. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was great. I liked that a lot. Both Martian Manhunter moments in this movie I was yeah. very down for. Um, and then – Later mm-hmm. last night, I realized I was mad because they didn't do anything with him. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> you don't intro Martian Manhunter and then just not use him. Like, right. come on, man. <laughs> right. Hunter? <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah, no. So, um, yeah, so Steppenwolf uh, gets the mother boxes and they have the big fight scene from the first movie um, in that, like, missile silo. Um Oh, you mean the missile silo that also somehow connects to all the all of the tunnels underneath the harbor of Gotham? Yeah, because you know that's how stuff works. You know, that's a, <laughs> the tunnel project from twenty eight. Yeah, but exactly. That was a line that was said that I just went, Mm-mm, no. "No, not going with you on that one." <laughs> yeah, you know I will go with. Uh huh. A.K. Simmons is Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, he's Ooh, great. He looks good as Commish. Yeah. Yeah, that wig is crazy, but he looks. Oh, the wig is out of bounds. <laughs> he looks. But he, like, he looks great. Still looks uh, good in it. Yeah, no, he looks great. Um, yeah, he. AJ AJ was like, oh, I like his mustache. I'm like, <laughs> it is a good mustache. It is a good mustache. Um, yeah. So there's the fight scene. Um, and then in this, the way the fight scene resolves is, um, uh, they 
Steppenwolf is able to unify the mother boxes, but Barry Allen is able to go hyper speed. Which I loved the effects for him running. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I that, that is was so cool. And the really thing that effective. I liked about them using those effects and those flash effects is that Barry is um, – he is used as a way to show the audience sort of the layout of the battle. Because right. a lot of times we do, if we don't slow down, we don't know where everybody is and what's going on, especially if you're in a confusing situation like a missile silo that's connected to you know, underwater tunnels. Um, mm-hmm. It was nice to kind of see him being used as sort of a like – he can jump around and kind of show you what's going on in the middle of this fight, you know? Right. So, yeah. So he, he goes, uh, he approaches a speed of light and, uh, is able to reverse time, um, to a point where Superman and, uh, um, cyborg are able to, uh, separate the mother boxes and destroy mm-hmm. the unity. And yep. yeah, then they are able to overpower Steppenwolf. They kick him through the portal, cut his head off on the way through. Um, for good measure. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's not the missile silo that's connected to the under, underwater tunnels. That's earlier in the deal. I I misspoke. Oh, no, it's uh, fine. I mean, yeah, all sorry. these locations so kind of run silos. together. Yeah, there's so many missile silos. They're everywhere. Um, uh, but yes, I I thought that Wonder – I guessed it before yeah. when it was going to happen. I was like, oh, I think Wonder Woman's going to cut his head off as it goes through the portal. I was I've never been happier to be correct. Yeah. That was a really cool kill shot moment. Yeah, no, it was great. Um so again, he, going back to why didn't she have these moves in in 84? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, she's learned them since then. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> also, we never see her use her invisibility cloak in this. Uh, no, that she no, apparently no, no, learned no. in 1984. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like that could have come in handy at certain points, but yeah. You know. Whatever. What are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. Um, um, yeah, so Steppenwolf is defeated. Apocalypse is pissed. Um, and he says to his other minion that they're going to return to Earth and complete the quest for the anti-life equation. Oh, you mean dark side? Dark side, yes. Sorry. Yeah, the planet is Apocalypse. Sorry, yes. Uh, the no, planet you're good. I, I was like, wait, something's wrong about that statement. I can't. <laughs> Give me a second. Yeah. Um, after the battle, Wayne, Diana Prince, and Alfred Pennyworth agree to set up the base of operations at the former Wayne Manor with room for more members. As the team establishes, Prince uh, receives another message from the, Amazon- uh, the Amazons. Alan acquires a job in Central City's police department, which impresses his father, Henry. Um, Stone is inspired by a previously recorded message from his father to use his abilities for good. Curry bids farewell to Mira and his mentor, Nudie Volko. Let's call him Nudie. Volko. Nude Volko. Yeah, Nudie Volko as he goes to see his father and Superman resumes his life as reporter Clark Kent and as protector of Earth. Um, so what do you, what'd you think of those wrap-up shots? Those were all kind of there. Wrap-up shots are good. My favorite was Superman's. Moving towards the camera, opening up the shirt, you yeah. see the S. I was like, oh, it's Classic. so good to see this. Like, I actually, one of my reactions was, I was excited the entire movie for four straight hours. I was just ready to see Superman again. Yes. I like Henry Cavill as Superman, man. Like, he's really There's good. some Superman fans that don't like him because like, he's too brooding, he's too mean, he's too blue. I'm like, no, he's actually a character. 
mm-hmm. which is what makes it good. You know, you can't always have this like, oh, I know the right way to do everything. But I thought <laughs> he was good, man. You know, like it was good. It, it was nice to see him in the black suit. It was awesome to watch him just beat the crap out of like just tag team Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf with, uh, you know, uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Um, but yeah, man, I, it was it was good. Um, I think all in all, like it was fine. I think that the runtime could have been cut down a little bit if we didn't spend so much time in slow-mo mm-hmm. outside of Barry Allen. Yeah, there was There's a lot, a lot of slow-mo. My one complaint about this is I know that it's part of Zack Snyder's style, but like there was too much slow-mo in this. It like There were moments where – part of my criticism for the runtime of this is that it felt like there were moments where the movie languished where it shouldn't, where it didn't have room to kind of relax, and then – tightened up when it should have relaxed like it was very opposite of the way the flow that i felt like the movie should have gone yeah like we're spending time in moments that i'm like you know two lines of dialogue would have solved this real quick (laughs) in a different scene and then we wouldn't have had to do this scene at all totally you know and then you know but we're we're spending what 15 minutes and it's kind of one of those where i'm like yeah i know that you have an unlimited runtime at this point but like dude you gotta gotta tighten it up Got to yeah. tighten it up at some points you know totally not everything deserves to breathe (laughs) yeah very true um yeah yeah, no i agree i like the yeah i like the wrap-up segments um yeah i kind of wish we would have spent a little bit more time in these kinds of moments as you're saying um but yeah Yeah. i thought they were good um yeah yeah all right so lex the martian manhunter moment with uh oh yeah we're about my favorite moments yeah, uh, yeah, we're about to get there right now. Do you, you want oh, to say cool. something before that? Oh, no, I was going to say, one of my other favorite moments is when Superman lands in his conversation with Alfred Pennyworth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Where he's like, you must be a master clock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, master Kent. Yeah. He's like, I hope you're not too late. Yep. And it's just like, no, nah, he won't be. Yeah. <laughs> no, Superman. he's fine. <laughs> it's Superman. And he's yeah. in his angry pajamas. Yeah, his exactly. Don't, don't F with me pajamas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So Lex Luthor, who escaped from Arkham Asylum, is visited by Slade Wilson, um, to whom Luthor reveals Batman's secret identity. That was cool. Yes. Um, After having a dream involving uh, Stone, Allen, Mira, Wilson, uh, Wilson and the Joker uh, and an evil Superman in a post-apocalyptic world, Wayne receives a visit from the Martian Manhunter who previously visited Lane disguised as Martha. He thinks uh, he thanks Wayne for assuming, uh, excuse me, for assembling the team before saying they will be in contact in preparation for Darkseid's next plans. Um, yeah, so the final wrap-up here, we get the Lex Luthor and um, Deathstroke scene, and then we get um, the, the, the nightmare that B- Batman has yep. of, of, you know, sort of the injustice thing with Superman going wild and crazy. Um, and then the Martian Manhunter visit. What do you think about these 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 final scenes? I love the Martian Manhunter visit. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Although I was distracted by the fact that I want Bruce Wayne's house so bad it hurts. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's my kind of place, man. In the middle of nowhere, on a lake. Yeah. Don't bother me. I mm-hmm. just set up a podcast recording studio. Yeah. Just do my thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I thought that was really good. Um, it's a bummer to me that we're not going to see a sequel to this. Yep. Um which I think is, I think through all of this, that's the largest disappointment of this entire film is the fact that we don't get a sequel to see where they really could have gone with um, less having to do less legwork in one film, you know, where it can just be like, and we're off to the races, you know, whatever all the players are, everybody's fine. Um, The nightmare sequence, the intro to it or the transition into it was extremely jarring. And by that, I mean, there was no transition into it. Um, which made me go a little bit like, okay, 
like it would have been nice to see a little leading because I was very confused. And instead of focusing on what I wanted, what I should have been focusing on, which was the performances and the line, like what they were saying, I was trying to figure out, is this still part of the same sequence that we saw before? Or is this a different sequence? Or how are we going to get in? And how did we get here, basically? Um, mm-hmm. I think it was just a little too, a little too jarring. I feel like the epilogue was a little... We have these things. We need to put them in the movie because if we don't, people are going to be mad. So let's just stick them in and who cares how we sew these, sew this quilt together. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the vibe that I got at the end. But all in all, it was interesting. Um, I found out that the uh, the reach around line that Joker gave Batman yeah. fully ad-libbed in the moment. And then after he said it and cut was said, Leto looked at Snyder. He's like, well, that's not going to make it in the movie. And Snyder goes, watch. <laughs> yeah, that that line was very weird. weird and jarring. And that whole conversation yeah. with Joker was weird and jarring. Yes. And it makes it even weirder that it was a Batman dream because it, uh-huh. it came from Batman's subconscious. Which yeah, it is, came from his subconscious. Which, is, which has some weird implications. Um Oh, God, yes. I thought that, too. I was like, well, that's a weird, like, Freudian thing that you got going on there, buddy. Yeah, especially because the rest of the tone of this movie is very um, earnest. It's very sort of yeah. like, this is all very serious. And and then to, for Joker to make only one joke and it be that joke was very weird to me. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Asan, I mean, we are drilling with the Joker, so why so serious? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Sorry, I, I'm I'm terrible. Well, it's um, fine. Um, yeah, I think I actually think the Joker was probably my least favorite uh, addition to this. Um, b- partly, but mainly because I just think he he was written so poorly. Oh, his lines were awful. Like nothing. Like I just yeah, I just feel like nothing he was saying was of any substance, nor was it funny. Like you have one opportunity for you know the the because I get what they were I, what they I guess were maybe trying to do, which was you have this opportunity to after all of this big important heavy movie you have an opportunity for the Joker to do what he does best to basically step in and by delivering a speech undercutting everything that you think you've accomplished only to reveal the absurdity of you know, what it is you're trying to do by being Earth's protectors. And he just doesn't do any of that. Like, he just kind of is just rambling about nothing. And it's not funny. There's no, like, levity to it. Um, It was just, it was just super weird. And then when super evil Superman shows up, we don't even know, like, because the Joker speech wasn't really that effective, we don't even know why Superman is pissed or why he's evil now. It just kind of is a thing. And yeah, you know what I mean? And it just feels like, a all right, I mean, I guess that was an interesting sequence. Yeah, so don't let Lois die and then we'll all be fine. Got yeah. it. Yeah, it was. Uh, Can do. So, yeah. Uh, the Earth's mightiest superheroes. I feel like we can keep one woman safe. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that felt the uh, yeah, that sequence, the epilogue felt tacked on and weird and and um, kind of a letdown. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, yeah, it just felt strange, but yes. I, but it's one of those I also knew that if they didn't put it in there, people would have the internet would have been pissed, and it's like okay, well, you know, and I think the other thing too is we've all built this up like certain like shady elements, like the Lex Luthor Slade Wilson moment and all that stuff. We built mm-hmm. this up for your um, you know, overtime, 
to, um, you know, like it's to be bigger than it actually is. Right. You know, but if they didn't include it, people would have been like, well, where's that? And it's like, well, like it doesn't really fit, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, hands tied kind of thing. What are you mm-hmm. going to do? But, um, but no, I thought it was all the little stuff at the end. I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. But again, like we're talking about, you didn't really need it. Yeah, no. Um, no, not at all. But uh, yeah, that was, I mean, that's Justice League. It was a big, gigantic. Big, bloated, slow-mo, but just fun to watch movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like a it's like a big, giant, like garbage burrito. Like it's. It's got way too much oh, no, stuff no, no, in no. it. And it's the burrito you eat, the burrito you order at 2 a.m. on a Saturday morning when you've been out all Friday night and you just and you're kind of drunk and mm-hmm. you just want a burrito and you order the biggest burrito that they can make. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's this movie. Like it's big, it's sloppy, it's fun. But ultimately at the end, because you're gonna kind of forget it, you know? Yeah. Totally. I think I don't think this is going to be one of those movies and one of those big like movie maker makes that like everybody goes back to, you know, and to time like, oh, but remember the Snyder cut? You know, I don't <laughs> think like I don't feel like we're going to ever end, like go into that kind of area. I think like it'll be a little bit more of a. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. And I'll go back and I'll and the nice thing that's broken up into chapters, I'll rewatch it again. But I don't know if I'll watch it again sitting straight through. Right. Like I'll watch little pieces here and there just to kind of be like, oh, yeah, that was a good, good moment. You know, yeah, but right on. Um, but yeah, so all right. Well, that'll do it for Justice League. Derek, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Derek underscore nickel. That's D E R E K underscore N I C K E L on Twitter and at Cinephile. That's C I N E P H I L E eight four on the Instagrams. All right, and you can uh, find me across social media at Asan the DJ at A H S O H N the DJ. You can find episodes of this podcast and more at weeklyregular.com or at weeklyregular on social media. Derek, thank you so much again for helping me out review the Justice League, Zack Snyder's Absolutely. Justice League. And 100% my pleasure. Thanks, man. And we will see y'all next week.